I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. podcast with me Carly hope you are all well witches I'm afraid we do not have a book review today because I still haven't plowed through this current read this is quite a highly spoken about book currently in the witchy community and the book community I very rarely latch on to books that are super popular but this is swiftly becoming another one of my fave reads so I'm excited to talk to you about this book soon Firstly, if you are listening to this episode as it comes out today, blessed in bulk, my fellow witch. I hope you are having a wonderful Sabbath, be that that you are listening to this on in bulk or the days following, and I wish you all the best for any seeds of intention that you may be sowing. On that note, we had our in bulk workshop this week over on Patreon, which was all about intentions and manifesting, and I've got a couple of little anecdotes from that. Zoom did me so dirty on the recording that I came out on the laptop camera looking like a cast member of the Dark Crystal film. Fuck my life. And now that is out there for everyone to see, but we live on. It also made me laugh when we started our visualisation and I played some music off of Spotify, trying to find something calm and zen. You know, everyone was like in the zone. And somehow Spotify ended up smashing out DJ Luck and MC Neats, a little bit of luck, which was like my least professional moment. And I was so confused when it started smashing out. Anyway, I recovered from that. Shout out to all my old school garage girls and boys, giving you them gun fingers. Anyway, let's get serious. On today's episode, I've wanted to talk about this for a long time. Unfortunately, the fates aligned and I wound up meeting a wonderful paranormal investigator. He's also a psychic medium. That wonderful person is Mark Hughes. He is paranormal investigator and owner of Fright Nights, podcast host of Mark's Unexplained World. He is a UFOologist and conspiracy theorist. Anything along the supernatural side of things is my absolute kryptonite. I'm a complete spooky slut for all ghost podcasts, YouTubers and the like. So I couldn't wait to find out more. We looked at paranormal investigations, haunted locations, but we also got into theories around aliens, the Fae and the like. Now I have to say... Mark is such a fascinating, knowledgeable, kind, credible man. His podcast I had heard before I invited him on. It is an amazing listen and you can find a link in the show notes. 
I have to say, I'm convinced we were tapped recording this episode on Zoom as every time we tried to record a couple of conversations around time lapses and alien abduction, it was not having it. We tried multiple times, yet the rest of the interview seemingly went without a hitch. So if you don't hear from me soon, for once, it's more likely that I'm under government investigation or being probed by a big-headed grey alien, rather than it just being my usual unorganised self with the podcast. So send help if that is the case. So without further ado, join me after the break to talk with paranormal investigator, psychic medium, Mark Hughes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. with Mark Hughes, who is owner and paranormal investigator at Fright Nights, podcast host of Mark's Unexplained World, UFOologist, probably got that wrong, and conspiracy theorist. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hello, Carly. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) It's it's ufologist, but (laughs) that's all right. Yeah, I knew you would have said it a thousand times better. I did try. I did try. That's Mark, cool. I'm so excited that you are Thank on you. today. Thank all, you very like, much. The build-up to this has been intense. <laughs> really? I've been shit. Sorry, I've been scared all morning. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Me too. Honestly, I always get a little bit nervous before an interview. So we're in this together. But That's I good. am I'm so excited. You, you are... Um, so Mark and I have already had a chat. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you are you've just fascinated me so far and obviously I've been going down the rabbit hole looking at all the work that you do and so on right so without further ado because I'm chomping at the bit to ask you some questions that's fine can you tell us about your first encounter with the spirit world uh yes certainly well um it all happened probably when I was um about 10 years old uh we used to live in a town called Bolton which is up near Manchester. And this was in the early 70s. That gives you an idea of how old I am. And um, we lived in uh, a haunted house, but it wasn't a mansion or anything like that of sorts. It was just a row of terraced houses on one of the main uh, main roads in, in the Bolton Town Centre. And um, what used to happen 
is we uh, at night I would feel like there was somebody sitting on the end of my bed and mm -hmm. um, admittedly I was only 10 so I was pretty much petrified but I decided to have a sneak look through the blankets and uh, on the end of the bed was uh, a rather large old woman who looked like a nanny you know like the old-fashioned mm -hmm. type nannies and um, I sort of explained this to my my uh, my sister at the time and my parents who all sort of oh that's nice pretty much sort of uh, <clears throat> poo pooed it if you like or not really that interested and then all of a sudden around the house we had all sorts of weird and wonderful things start to happen I always remember my youngest sister um, or my well, sorry my eldest sister who used to uh, hear banging on her door in the middle of the night and she screamed the house down and uh, of course my mom and dad would rush up the stairs make sure she was okay and then um, I, I got called in and I was told that was you that did that Mark wasn't it and I'd be, what? No. And yes, it was. It was you that did that. And they're sort of like shaking, nodding their heads and just say, please say yes. I was, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back, go back into my room and have a pretend rollicking for knocking on my sister's door at night, you know, just to just to sort of settle her down. So it wasn't anything uh, that couldn't be explained. Yeah, what actors we were. And um, so all sorts of weird and wonderful things. My youngest sister, who was only a baby at the time, um, she was in her cot. And my mother used to go in there and constantly find all her little cuddly toys, like teddy bears and rabbits and what have you, all put into a circle in the middle of the uh, cot. And my mum used to put them all back in the corners. And then she'd go back in an hour later and find they were all in a circle again. Of course, my, my, my youngest sister was only a baby at the time. She didn't get out and do it. And there was nobody else in the house. We used to hear people calling out. We used to get knocking. It was a really haunted house. But we didn't realise how bad it was or how far it stretched on. Because, we, like I said earlier, we lived on a terrace house. And there was about four or five houses in a small row. And there was one Christmas get-together. We all decided to meet up and say hello and um, somebody else suggests, mentioned it, that they'd had this old lady sat in their house, and, uh, of course, the whole room went quiet, and it turned out that everybody in the, <laughs> along the terrace floor had seen the same woman uh, sitting in, on the end of their beds. So that was... And at that point, I, 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 I stopped being scared, and I just started to get very interested in it, more, mm -hmm. yeah, more than fearful of it. And I just found the whole subject fascinating. And I ended up as the weird kid dressed in black at school, reading books on death. I haven't really changed much, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we left there in the end. And one of the final things that, that happened to us when we left, because we came back down south. Um, I mean, my mum my and dad were southerners by heart. And uh, mm -hmm. we cleared all the house out. And everything. I must be about 12, 13 by then. We moved everything out. We got into the car. We moved all down, down to uh, Windsor area. And then uh, I started to unpack my stuff. And I, all my trousers were missing. And uh, my <laughs> mom said, well, what have you done with them? I said, well, I packed them. I packed everything, you know. Anyway, um, my mum sort of rung up the estate agent and said, look, we think we've left some trousers, but they're pretty sure. My mum and dad both went round the whole house and checked. And they went into my old bedroom, and there in the middle of the floor was a pile of my trousers, about four or five pairs. Oh, my goodness. Is... Oh, yeah, wow. And, and my mum said to me, that's the house having a last laugh, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> was it quite a nice feeling? 
it to the house? Um, yeah, there was not, I don't think there's anything evil or anything like that. It was just a bit mm. of a menace, a bit of a nuisance sometimes, you know, especially when you, mm. you know, you, you put the lamp on, you're going to the kitchen, make yourself, or as a kid, as I made myself a jam sandwich and then came back and the light would be off. And I think, well, what's going on? So you sort of got used to the little things like that. You know, I mean, my sisters mm. were petrified, but I actually found it more interesting, at, even at that age. Um, mm. And then it sort of went on from there, really. Um, I, I mean, th then I, I, th I think I got into uh, the more weird and wonderful stuff when I was about 13, 14. And I started to read up books on the Bermuda Triangle and things like that. And, all, and Flight 19 is a fascinating story, you know, uh, the, the, air, the missing aircraft over Flight 9, uh, sorry, over Bermuda Triangle. And also the uh, rescue plane that went to find them also disappeared. So uh, uh, it, it, the whole thing just absolutely fascinating, and I've sort of gone from there. I mean, I, I, fair enough. Somebody said to me the other day that Mark, you're not is that you're not a um, what's the word he used? You're you're not a um, oh, I, can't remember, I can't think of the right word now. But uh, he said I was a, a, um, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I know chunks of the whole subject rather than just sticking at one thing. If you know what I mean. I'm sense. with you on that. The same with the witchcraft industry. I think. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do not. <laughs> no, I cannot claim to know anything full on one particular aspect of it, and I think that's yeah. quite healthy and and you know and a good thing. So I'm with you on that, Mark. You know yeah. what? You've gone there. I'm gonna have to go there, and I'm kind of going off topic a bit. Well, I'm not it's really because right. this is wherever we want this, but. Right. What's your theory on the Bermuda Triangle? Because I've actually been thinking and talking about this with a, a friend recently. Are you happy to go there? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Bermuda Triangle. Um, I mean, the, the Bermuda Triangle originally started off as a uh, caption in a weekly magazine. And I, I think it was like the last, uh, the, the 18th, late 1800s. It was a weekly magazine. I can't remember whether it was London or whether it was New York. I'm afraid that escapes me at the moment. And he, it was a guy who wrote tales about ships disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle. That's how it started mm. off. And then I think there was, uh, is it the, the oh God, I can't remember the name of the boat now. The, uh, now it'll come to me. Uh, but there was a boat that disappeared, I think it's 1808, in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. And then it mm. sort of built up from there. I mean, the, the Bermuda Triangle itself has the, um, the highest mountains in the whole of the Atlantic. I mean, some of them are higher than Mount Everest. So if something is going to sink, you're never going to see it again. You yeah, know, yeah. and I think there's, there, I mean, there's also a lot of um, nautical tales, which obviously the old sailors talk about. And there are, there are weird things that do happen there because there've been lights that are seen uh, darting in all sorts of different directions um, mm. around, around there. Um, so it is very much a UFO territory. Uh, like I said. But however, having said that, I did read somewhere that uh, although there are hundreds of ships in the Bermuda Triangle, there are also, uh, sorry, deserted ships in the Bermuda Triangle, there are also hundreds elsewhere around the world. So it's not like there's more there than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah? Uh, my yeah. own theory is, I've I, I got to be honest, I'd love to say it's a vortex or, or a, uh, a loophole in the space-time continuum and something really flashy like that, but I really I don't agree. know. <laughs> um, I feel the same. Mm -hmm. uh, I want. I so desperately want to say it's aliens or it's abduction or something like that, but it's like it's like the whole of this paranormal field. There's no proof. I think it will always have a grey area. 
you know so um, you know what I had an ex-boyfriend who was obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle, like the Mariana Trench, and like oh yeah, not made yeah. On was real, and that was all we used to talk about. It was just he literally <laughs> would be like, "I've been on YouTube for hours today, and this is my evidence mm. that it's real." And I was like, "Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went down that rabbit hole with him mm. uh, very deeply." Yeah. But no, I, I I agree. I do. I I kind of am of the same theory as you on that. Mm. Oh, it could go into all this for 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 ages. Can I ask you, when Mm -hmm. you, with that first encounter with the spirit world, is that when you first realised you were a psychic medium or how did that come about? Well, my mother was um, uh, very much into the spiritual side, but she never really, was Mm -hmm. never really trained in it or anything like that. I mean, she was brought up in quite old fashioned way, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, she had quite strict parents, I think. And so she was brought out. And if she turned around to her mum and dad or my, my grandparents and said, oh, I've just seen a ghost, they'd say, don't be so silly and smack around the head and send her to bed. So she was never, it was that age. It was that sort of era. So uh, she yeah. never really, but she could see spirits. She was very good at that. But, and she was also excellent with the dowsing rods and pendulums. I mean, she was amazing when it came to that sort of stuff. And she sort of sh- showed me a little bit of it. So that's where I, I get it from. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I suppose I started, I saw, I did see ghosts and spirits within the house itself, but as time goes on, I mean, I, I lived in a rough, tough area you know, with, mm. with all the gangs and gang culture and what have you. So if I turned around to my mates then and said, oh, I saw a ghost, I'd probably get thrown in the river or something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I tended to keep it all to myself very much. Um, it wasn't, I mean, I, I started ghost hunting um, before it became popular, actually, I was ghost hunting, me and my, and my wife, we were ghost hunting back 1988, 89, um, in a location down in um, uh, Surrey, Englefield Green, mm-hmm. Surrey, it's a lovely old village hall there, and that's when we actually started ghost hunting, uh, before it became popular, mainstream, and mm-hmm. um, when, uh, obviously, you grow up, I mean, I've got books galore on the paranormal, I've got all sorts, I've still got a load of them, and I still read them, I always go back to them, and I suppose when you, you, know, you get married, you have kids and everything else, it all got put on the back burner because your priority is bringing up the family. Uh, yeah. And then when they all left home, uh, sort of, all of a sudden we had a, a void. You know, we yeah. didn't have to worry about picking kids up, school things. All of a sudden we had all this spare time. So that's when I thought, you know, I'm going to start getting back into the paranormal again. And I knew I had this gift it's probably only the last three years. I actually got some training off two very good spiritual friends of mine uh, who were both mm-hmm. uh, trained trained up properly. And I've been certified sane, if you like. And um, they, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've had training and uh, just, just basically taught how to uh, focus and be a bit more mindful of what's going on. Um, and uh, I, ta- I was taught how to meditate by the Brahma Kamaris. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. No. Oh, okay. I'll send you a link to their website. Uh, They are an amazing group. They're very, very spiritual. And they're the ones who actually taught me to meditate. Because when I first tried to meditate, you know what it's like. Uh, Your brain just comes alive. Um, But they taught me how to how to deal with it, how to work with it. And uh, I love meditating. I've, I've, it's gone to awry a little bit because we just moved house. And it's a little bit, you know, I had to take on things in priority. But uh, I can probably get into that state, that, that that's, uh, meditative state in about five minutes now. And it's a fantastic feeling. So, um, so yeah, so uh, 
that's probably why uh, what got me back into it. And the fact that we got Sprite Nights as well was also uh, in, in our favour, in that I could uh, use my spiritual work, my medium work within Fright Nights. So, uh, yeah, if that answers the question, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I wanted to ask you, so can you talk us through the work you do as a paranormal investigator? So when you're out in the field and, you know, in different mm. capacities, Okay, well, what I tend to do, and a typical event would be, uh, as a medium, I would, well, first thing I would do is uh, I go into uh, a venue. I like going to the brand new ones because I've got no foresight on what's in there. So I can yeah. pick it up myself. And I go around and I actually speak to the spirits and say, you know, come with great respect and just, just get them. Sometimes I, I have actually gone into rooms and asked them when I get answers, no, get lost. And I think, please, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, please, it's nice, you'll like them. And um, so I, once I've done that, once I feel, yeah, I've got spirit uh, active now, they're gonna, going to work with us. Uh, I then take the guests around, the guests come in, I then take them around the whole building and tell them what spirits I actually pick up. And mm -hmm. um, uh, it's, it's really useful. Uh, well, obviously, you, you, when you're dealing with the general public, and as much as I love the general public at our events, it's a very mixed bag. You know, you're going yeah. to get your, your hardened followers, you know, you're going to get your hardened skeptics and you're going to get some people who just don't want to be there, but their wives have dragged them there, you know, so you yeah. really have to try and sort of, um, uh, what's the word, uh, have to try and work a bubble around the whole lot and hopefully everybody be happy. But what really is really helpful is when I say you've got a turn to somebody and say, I think you've got a spirit in your corner and all of a sudden their hair will get pulled. And I love that because that's yeah. nice confirmation for me as well. <laughs> that means I'm not going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I completely know what you mean. So I worked with a psychic for quite a, mm. a while, actually, and right. he had exactly the same. And I used to really feel for him because mm. it's kind of you, you're doing your work. You know what you can do. You've done it yeah. for years. Mm. It's quite, ins and I, I did find it quite insulting how some people behaved yeah. at times towards him. Yeah, unfortunately. So mm. Yeah, and, and it's like, if you don't believe that's fine, that's fair enough, but there are ways mm. and means. But I totally take my hat exactly. off to you because I really think it's a level of confidence to have to tolerate some people's responses. So I completely know what yep. you mean with that. Mm. And also yeah. disrespect as well, like two spirits, when things have come through. Absolutely. I used to be so shocked at what people would say or do. Like, would you speak to somebody alive like that? No. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult. When, we, when you are, you have to be professional, you know, because when you are dealing with the general public, we have a couple of you know, uh, rude people, for the want of a better word, uh, who have actually said, this is bullshit, I'm going home. And you know, oh, okay. Uh, but there's nothing you can do. You're just, oh, okay, all right. I mean, we have had people who have come sceptical and gone away believing, which is really nice, you know, because they've obviously yeah. opened up to it. And I always, I always try and emphasise to people, you know, all right, if you don't believe in it, fine, but bear in mind other people do. All I ask is you just open up to it. Just, you know, forget your tick boxes. Yeah. Just use your feelings instead and see what you feel. And uh, that tends to work. I suppose I, I just give them the big, big wide eyes and stare and start crying. And then they say, all right, Mark, all right. <laughs> Some people, like. <laughs> I'm yes. I'm so keen to ask you this question, Mark. What is the scariest, um, or most fascinating experience mm. linked to the paranormal you've ever experienced? 
Okay. Um, all right, there's, there's two that come to mind. One of them's a, a reasonably short one, but the other one's quite long, but I'll try and edit it down a bit. Uh, they're both two different, very different parts of the paranormal as well. The only, I mean, I don't normally get scared of the paranormal. I get too interested in mm -hmm. it to, to, to get scared. Yeah. But there was one time um, I did, um, I did a public event at um where was it in peterborough uh the the uh, museum peterborough museum up there it's a wonderful building it's one of my favorite places to go i've not been there for a while because we had covid and everything and i've not been back since i had this mm -hmm. uh, thing happen to me and it was about three o'clock in the morning well quarter to three three o'clock when we got everybody all the guests back into the base room and what i tend to do is i go around to the all the areas and peterborough museum is massive i really recommend it uh, as for ghost hunting and mm -hmm. um, excuse me, uh, yeah, I go around the building on my own, quite happy, mm -hmm. and I collect up any bits and pieces like uh, K2 meters or what somebody might have left their jacket behind, that sort of thing. And there's two areas that I tend to concentrate on when I'm working. Uh, I tend to use the old, there's an old, um, uh, what do you call it, operating theatre in the corner, which is lovely. It's, oh, it's wonderful for glass divination and really is and just to give the guest a guest a bit of a change of environment i tend to go into what they call their napoleon room where i do table tipping and things like that and um we went into the napoleon sorry yeah i was going around i went up into the uh <coughs> excuse me the hospital and i cleared up any bits there and i went into the napoleon room and i i saw there was a table still out i thought oh okay i'll better clear this up now normally I, I quite happily sit in that room and I'll fold the table up and I'll get all the glasses, you know, all under my arms. But this time something wasn't right. I stood mm -hmm. there and all of a sudden it went icy cold. I mean, really cold. And I thought, I don't know what's going on here. And I suddenly, I, you know, when you breathe out, I could see my breath, you know, the, the steam. Oh, and I heard this. <sighs> Oh, God, that's giving me shivers. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to kid you. I packed that. I literally lifted the table with everything on it and balanced it as I walked out. I ran out of that room. Oh, no, I'm not hanging around. That's the only time I was actually scared. I really I did not know what it was. I didn't really want to go back and find out. So, Mark, <laughs> what is the most active location that you've ever investigated? Um, that's, that's a difficult question, really. I mean, I've been to various locations and I, I've been to some that are, are renowned to be active, but it's been very quiet. Yet mm -hmm. I can go to some that don't have that much activity as a rule, but have been absolutely, they just kicked off, you know, with all sorts happening. I think the most, the one that's probably um, very popular now, in fact, it was one that me and my wife used to investigate many years ago, is a, a little social hall in Englefield Green. Uh, they, I think they, they've called it something like the, the Edge, I think, or something like that now, but it was always known as the old social hall. And we had a night there with some guests and it literally kicked off. Um, people being scratched, pushed, shoved. We had light anomalies, doors slamming, alarms going off. It was a real, I mean, it was a whole night, even at the end, when I do like a summary of the evening, we had somebody shout out for one of the other rooms. And wow. it was just an absolute, it was um, a couple of years ago now, but that was probably the most active, you know, I mean, they, 
you look at these television programs, obviously there's like 300 hours footage and they narrow it down to 40 minutes, you know, where, mm-hmm. so it is one thing after the other. Well, that was literally what, what it was like. We had, um, I think even my wife, and she was helping me host it at the time, she became, she came over quite ill. Our medium was uh, a bit, because uh, we were using a different medium at that, particular, at that particular location. She was going through a bit of a hard time. And some of the guests, you know, they, they were absolutely, uh, uh, well, a cut and reel. Let's say one person got scratched. All the equipment wow. all died. We in the kitchen. We had to. Everybody had to put all their equipment back on charge when we were having a cup of tea. Um, and we had light anomalies. We had we had all sorts going on. We really did. You know, we had trigger objects going off while we were downstairs. One of the good things that happened is we were. This is an old social hall, but it's got a lot of rooms in it. And we were yeah. down in uh, in one corner. There was about five of us, and we were using doing glass divination. You know, just a yes and no yeah. on a table, getting to move the glass. And uh, one of the girls actually asked if they would, if the spirit would set off one of the um, trigger objects upstairs. And um, the, the the glass went to yes, and then about I don't know two minutes later, one of the alarms went off upstairs. Were trigger objects, so we were quite impressed with that. You know, when we wow. actually asked to do. And they actually did it. That was probably the most, um, yeah, the busiest night spirit-wise. That that was probably the uh, the busiest busiest one. But as for the most haunted location, um, that's difficult because again we've been back to that hall, and yeah. um, we've had a very quiet evening. You know, I think yeah, I think it's crazy. with the general public. I think it can be a question of uh, if you've got the right sort of crowd. I know that might sound a bit. <laughs> No, I get that. Yeah, I mean, if we've got a room full of skeptics, you, you're gonna, you are going to be uh, uh, knocking yourself out trying to get something for ha- to happen for them. But if you've got a room, for, I mean, I remember once at, um, we were at uh, Brighton Brighton Theatre, I think it was, yeah. and um, we had a coven of witches actually come along. So I, I got all, it was all blessed be and all the rest. Interesting yeah. was the white witch of that coven actually knew I was Wicca and actually came up to me and said, blessed be brother. And I thought, how does she know that? I haven't said anything. So I was quite impressed with that. Anyway, I had these, uh, the, the about six of them and they actually did some levitation for, uh, for me in, the, um, in, in one of the changing rooms. And this table lifted I mean, they had their hands on it. Nobody wow. had their hands underneath it. They had their hands on it, and it lifted about four feet. I was, oh, I was just absolutely gobsmacked. I mean, I've seen all sorts of weird and wonderful things over the years, but that one really did, um, you know. <laughs> really oh, did I can very well believe that. So I, when yeah. I used to work with a Psychic Circle, and and I didn't see mm. a table lift four feet, but I did see one kind of prance around the room like very rapidly, and yeah, it was just the most bizarre like honestly and, and the thing is you said about not feeling scared I just yeah. used to be jacked up on adrenaline like just like yes. just so hyped up I couldn't even think about being scared at the time of yeah. the things I saw which is a really like mm. yeah it's kind of like why this is like my kryptonite or anything sort of paranormal <laughs> related when I did that sort of work because I didn't ever yeah. kind of have time to think about the fear thing, which you you mentioned. Mm. Have you been to ancient the ancient rams the ancient ramming? Because that is on my wish list of places mm. to visit. 
Yes, yeah, well, I've been there several times actually. It's it's a wonderful building. Um, the 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 girl that uh, that owns it now, she's really tidied it all up and sorted it all out. You know, it's 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 she's done a really good job of it as well. Uh, yeah, been there several times. I, I think she does her own events there now. I, I'm not so sure because uh, we're not planning to go down there this year. Um, yeah. We tend to used to go back three or four times a year. Um, but yeah, no, the, the ancient Ramin, that, that's, that's, that's a good place, it really is. You know, I've seen some good stuff there. I remember, have you ever heard of, there's an old, um, a piece of kit, it's called uh, a portal. And uh, what it is, it's a lot of, uh, you switch it on and you've got a lot of voices talking backwards. Yes. What, what happens is, yeah, and the spirits manipulate the voices to go forward to create a sentence. Yeah. And yes. one time, yeah, one time we actually caught it. One, I think it was the bishop's room on the SLS camera. The the stick men, they actually oh, caught. Oh, they scared uh, me those. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually caught uh, what we think was a cat got jumping from one bed to the other. And um, I, I I saw this and thought, wow, fantastic. And I went down into the um into the garage or the shed at the back where there was a, another group of people. My son was there as well. And he put the portal on and I just looked at the uh, portal. And I just saw, I don't even know why I said it. I said, is there a cat in the room? And now the portal meowed at us. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we don't even understand how it could do that because it's just voices at the end of the day. But we actually had a big, long meow. Oh, actually come that's over crazy. Portal. I love that. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> we just, I mean, we just actually go, there's not even a word that they could have used on there for it to go backwards in order to create a cat noise. <laughs> I can, I know, I can well believe it genuinely, honestly, fascinates mm. me. And I'm, I'm really yeah. like, I'm always like, oh, I'd love to get myself like all these, you know, I love all the, mm. oh, I can't remember what they're called, but um, I watch all the ghost hunt programs and everything. And I get, I really mm. like geek yeah. out on it and want to get all the equipment oh, and everything. But yeah. whether or not that will ever mm. happen, who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we touched yeah. on briefly on uh we already have on this episode but ufos and aliens have been mm -hmm. a topic of conversation that came up for us recently on the podcast on yes. our recent crystals yes. episode yes, yes I, I listened to that it was very interesting yeah very we briefly touched on it yeah i mean we briefly touched on it but who better to ask than you like can you kind of <laughs> What's your take on that? Following on from that conversation, is there anything that you're happy to share with us or yeah. even experiences that you might have had? Um, well, when it comes to experience with alien life, if you like, I mean, what's happened to me is I've, I've witnessed missing time or I've woken up in a completely different part of the building. That, that's, wow. that's what's happened to me. Um, yeah. what, what interested me, I've got a book. I was, I, fair enough, after listening to your, your last podcast, um, I did try and find the book, but I because everything's still in boxes for the life of me, I can't find it. But it's all about um, fae folk, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, aliens and fae folk. And there is a big connection between the grey alien. You, heard, you, you know what I mean when I say the grey yes. alien? Yeah. Yes. There's a big connection between them and fairies and angels. And the reason why they say this is because let's, let's have a look, say, back in Tudor times or uh, times of old yeah where children were kidnapped and mm -hmm. because people uh, back then didn't know what a gray alien was or as far as we're concerned the only people that were alive in the universe was them um they automatically thought the fairies have taken them and now when they look back at it they're saying 
did they see fairies or did they see aliens? And that is where that, that is where sort of the cross comes in now, where they're wondering whether they actually witness grey aliens abducting children. Oh, this is exactly where <laughs> we were going with that conversation, yeah. Mark. You've completely yeah, I know. And you like... finished. I thought, what? There, were, there I was on a complete high, and then you suddenly <laughs> said, "Good night, everyone." Uh, no. <laughs> well, I knew we had to save it for another episode because you're yeah. so. That really yeah, right. is my con. This is my this is my belief on it. And you saying that, I really want to go down the rabbit hole on that and kind of get oh. into that on the podcast. But the fact that you said that, I I can, yeah, I, I can read. That's really what my concept on it is as well. But mm. I love that yeah. the. Uh, and you're right. You know, if you think about the. Um, I, I'm gonna kind of get a bit lost in this, but the fact that, that you know, right. imagine the Tudor times, seeing like this grey alien yeah. or whatever, you know, you're, mm. y- yeah, it is going to uh, a bit like um, Bianca kind of touched on. Yes, they they are yeah. going to sort of she she kind of touched on that anyway. I'm waffling oh, now, but no. yes, I know what you mean. Like they just kind of created into this other entity. When yeah. who's to say that they aren't of an you know, extraterrestrial aliens, yes. And, and then some of these children that were kidnapped were never seen again. And some of them were found in completely different places, you know, like t- two miles in a, d- a different part of the forest and things like that. So, uh, you know, they found some of these kids. Most of them were alive. Some were unfortunately uh, uh, died. But, uh, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating subject. I'll try and find the book. I'll, I'll send you the, the, uh, the yes. link to it. It is, honestly, the book is absolutely extraordinary. It literally goes right back to the beginnings of Stone Age, right up to the modern-day alien abduction. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself out on a limb here, but I, I believe in alien abduction. I believe people are abducted. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, um, I totally believe it. I've, I've, I've witnessed people who have had things put inside them, you know, like um, mm-hmm. uh, implants and things like that. Uh, and what I've seen and what I've read and what I've, who people I've spoken to, interviewed, it, it is a fascinating subject. And what, what, what sort of, um, I suppose, not annoys me, but what makes me sort of um, get a bit vexed, if you like, is... If people um, aren't being abducted, then okay, they look at mental health. But normal yeah. mental health, they say these people needs help. But when they say they're being abducted by aliens, they don't say they need help. They laugh at them. And I think, yeah. okay, if this is mental health. Why are you still belittling this person? If this person really does suffer from mental health, you'd be helping them. You wouldn't be laughing at them. And I tend to wonder with the mainstream media, is why are they doing it? Why do they treat people like this just because they say they were abducted by aliens? Sorry, I'm yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it can be this. No, I'm with you. It's the same with um, spirit encounters as well, because oh. that also comes up as a factor then. And yeah. you can understand why people won't speak out when they've seen things, especially. If, yeah, like you, you were saying about you know if you're not in an environment where it's safe to, where you might be ridiculed mm. by parents or anyone else you can understand why so many people don't come forward with sightings of things because they know that absolutely and yeah however you look at i mean i did um my last podcast well not the last one one before that i did on travis walton have you heard of travis walton he was oh you're not listening to my podcast are you i have been but not that i'm gonna listen to it tonight now mark i'm joking i'm joking it's all right it's it's fair enough you know i send a link to my family every week you know and i i I, I know none of them listen to it (laughs) 
None of mine is mine either, so I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad's gone mad again. Um, anyway, sorry, I was saying, what was it? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, a quote I, well, one of my own quotes I say in, in this uh, podcast about Travis Walton is the fact that you've got skeptics saying that, um, you know, these people are mad. The fact that they uh, feel that, that they're coming out with uh, theories of alien abduction. If you want to be a celebrity, I'll just talk about, you know, say you've been abducted by aliens. And I think they've got it completely wrong. I think they're, they're missing the point completely. It's funny how you got to the alien abduction bit and it just cut out completely. Oh no. It literally got to that bit. It's like every time you get to a bit and I'm like, oh, someone's listening in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the minute you got to that, it just cut out. I can if you if you're happy to go from the alien abduction bit. Honestly, um, well, the, we're the quote, fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, when they talk about the alien abduction and when there are people um, belittle people who have suffered with this, um, and they they put them down, and they don't. Yeah, it, a person who is going through this is going through hell. They're going through yeah. fear. And I think the fact they can't talk to anybody about it, that's got to be worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I think that's the same with, with, I mean, obviously we're not here to talk about mental health, but I think that's, that's part of the problem, it's part of the stigma is that people have problems talking about their mental health if they're having a tough time. If you're having a tough time because you've been abducted, especially by a grey alien, then it's going to be even harder if you can't talk about it to people. Well, I listened to something about Area 51 and about oh, yeah. how there was a guy who claimed that he'd had this experience, but then all of a sudden changed his story, but was seen driving around this huge, great truck and came to all this money That's and things like that. Yes, and you're yeah, like, yeah. you know, something's amiss. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes, yes, that, that's true. Yeah, they paid him, they, he suddenly turned up with a big truck because they read the government had paid him a load of money because all of a sudden he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I've got to say, me and Mark have tried to record this episode multiple times. Every time we get into something about UFOs mm. or time lapses, it cuts out. And I am convinced there's like someone listening in and just cutting it when we get to bits and they're like, nope, you're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm- <laughs> go on. I'm sorry, very quickly. Do you know, uh, <clears throat> there is one of my shows on on um, Spreaker, which is gone. And that was my theories on flight uh, 370, uh, the, the, the Malaysia flight, MH370. Wow. And I'm not even joking. I, I genuinely am not surprised, honestly. And honestly, it's, Mark it's can vouch for this. We've tried this so many times on certain conversations. <laughs> it's so weird because other conversations is happily let through. So yeah, my tinfoil hat is on and I'm like, something's amiss here. And if yeah. we disappear after this episode, then <laughs> send help, search for us. Yeah. Like something's happened. I'm not joking. Mm. Or we'll be driving around in big, massive, lovely trucks with loads of money claiming that we don't know anything about aliens. <laughs> We'll see where we're at next week, Mark. Yeah, um, well, that'd be, that would be interesting, yes. So, Mark, where can we find you in relation to your podcast, ghost hunts, your work? Okay. Um, well, uh, with Fright Nights, what it is, um, it, we actually, me and my wife actually own the company, and it's uh, divided up into different sections. Now, I can tell you if it's, if it's Fright Nights Berkshire, there's a good chance I'll be at one of those to, uh, as a medium and probably a host as well. And that'll be also for Fright Nights Surrey. 
Um, we also have a, a very active uh, in Friday nights, Norfolk and Suffolk, uh, where, where I'll probably be doing a few of those, but I've not worked out the schedule yet on who they might be using, if not me. And the other place I, I tend to go um, to a lot is Nottingham. There's um, some wonderful places up in Nottingham, uh, which Fright Nights uh, North, East and South Yorkshire do. Uh, the Robin Hood Museum is a really good place. I love going there. And you'll probably find me at that one because it's a place I like to go to. Um, yeah. So that's that's with the Fright Nights. Um, every week I do a podcast on uh, the uh, the Unexplained. Well, it, it started off with the Unexplained. It seems to have gone sort of uh, unexplained, but also true crime because I'm a bit of a crime buff. Um, yeah, I, do yeah. Like, I do like to keep up to date with what's going on. Um, and every week I try and pick a subject um, that's a little bit out of the ordinary, really. If it's if it's abnormal, then to me it's normal. Yeah. Um, last week it was um, it was Travis Walton. I won't go into more details though, just in case. Um, this week I've just done a, a show on um, uh, Don Decker, who was known as the Rain Man. And he was the man who could make it rain in inside buildings. That's quite an interesting one. But I've done all sorts wow. of various ones. Uh, the one next week, I've got to remember how to pronounce this, the Jedbaticable Poltergeist, uh, which is a very dark one. Uh, one of my favourite ones on um, the uh, podcast is one called um, Gemma Barker, the girl who became three boys. That's a, quite an extraordinary oh. one, that one. That's that's a, it's a really stuff, good podcast as well. I've been listening to them, but I'm going to go and binge loads. <laughs> and you're not yeah, wrong because no, be every Thank time, you. when you brought up certain topics, honestly, with no word of a lie, I'm genuinely wondering if yeah. we're going to be here tomorrow because every time we started talking about certain things, <laughs> it is not having it. But yeah, I'm no. going to go and listen to the Travis Walton one because I have not got we we haven't been able to cover that story at all. And no, no. It's so bizarre, but yeah, you you've got to check out the podcast. I would, I'm definitely going to book onto one of your ghost hunts. I think some of the ladies in our Patreon ah, want to come along be with me. It'd be good to it'd be, it'd be good to actually uh, meet face to face. That way, we won't get cut off. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have men come and take us away in some government um, vehicle. But that's yeah, fine. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the podcast itself at the moment is only available through Spreaker or Hinkley Community Radio. Um, what when I'm properly set up when we've moved in, I'm going to expand it into different um, like YouTube and Spotify and things like that. But at the moment, so I've only been doing it a little while, so I'm quite quite a learner really. And as I'm an old old oldie, I'm not very techie. So, um, but once I've sort of really got into the swing of it and we've sorted out the house, it, it will be available on Spotify and all the others. Uh, uh, Amazon, I think, is the other one I want to go to as well, Amazon Prime. So, but at the moment, it's just available on uh, Spreaker. Well, I can put a link into the show notes so people can have a listen. It's definitely um, worth listening to. Mark does his research and just great to listen to. And the topics, there's so many on there that I do not know anything about. So for me, it's really eye-opening. And mm. I, I'm just, you're fascinating, Mark. Honestly, I'm so grateful. I, I'd love to have you on again if we can do this maybe yeah. in person. <laughs> so yeah, you, that'd be nice. who knows what will happen, but I'd love to get you on again to talk about, yeah. you know, some yeah, more. But, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you want me again, just give me a shout. No problem, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, no problem. I've, I've enjoyed it. Part, you know, even with the hiccups.
Thank you so much, Mark. Honestly, I appreciate you coming on so much.